Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. What is going on, Colts Nation? And welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. The Indianapolis Colts are victorious for the second straight week. On Sunday Night Football, they take care of business against the San Francisco 49ers. They move to 3-4 and four after winning by a score of 30-18. to 18. My guys Derek and Andrew joining me tonight, or I guess today. It will probably be released tonight, so right on schedule. Guys, great win for the Colts. What were your overall impressions of the Colts now, winners are three out of four in the last four weeks. Andrew? Uh, I mean, first two impressions are RB1 and wide receiver number one. I mean, Ed, Jonathan Taylor, you know, everybody pretty much from the second half of last season and through the course of this season knows how good Taylor is. I believe he's second in the, in the NFL currently uh, in total rushing yards to only Derrick Henry. Um, he's just an all-around stud. And then Michael Pittman, the last really two and three games, has stepped up and emerged as the Colts' wide receiver number one, which is something that we were kind of looking for, or the team was looking for, rather, going into the season. I mean, they that was one of the questions. Could he step up and take that next step? And so far, he certainly has. Yeah, I mean, this team has really, I think, has just gotten a, a new swagger about them. Uh, I think they know that despite their record, you know, they they believe that they're better than what their record is right now. And I think that they're trying to put together some games here to where they can start showing people that they are still to be taken seriously, despite the fact that this slow start, it, it's been uh, it was a great game to see the Colts after those first few drives come back from a lot of adversity and still find a way to control that game after that point, pretty much the whole game after being down 9-0, the Colts practically owned the entire rest of the game. So it was good to see the Colts bounce back, and we've seen a lot of those over the last few years, and it's great to see the Colts capitalize on this one and hold on to that lead. So it was a good one. Yeah, and, you know, I mentioned in the pregame show and I had a couple guys on from the 49ers, they were talking all about how the 49ers don't have an identity right now offensively. And I was saying, guys, the reason why I'm picking the Colts is because the Colts are finding their identity for the first time this season. The last couple of weeks, they have found their identity. Last night, continued to find their identity. I mean, overall, you look at the stats here, guys. I mean, it was statistically, it wasn't necessarily a great night, but the Colts were very balanced overall. You know, over 100 yards rushing, 
150 yards passing. You know, it wasn't anything eye-popping, but the Colts were able to play, at least offensively, pretty complimentary football. So, Derek, what are your overall thoughts on how the Colts were able to move the ball down the field through the passing game and through the running game? Well, I mean, it all starts with Carson Wentz, I think, and everyone else, I think, would agree with that. I think what's been amazing to me about Carson is his confidence is just through the freaking roof, man. I mean, to play in that game yesterday when the obvious game plan was to not do uh, to make some of the throws that he was attempting and still to be able to convert some of those throws that he was making yesterday just goes to show you that he thinks there's not a play in the world that he can't convert on. And right now he's converting. And that's the funny thing is last year he tried to do too much and at times he couldn't deliver. But this year he's actually delivering on the plays that he was trying to make last year. And he's had help from guys like Michael Pittman and from Mo Ali Cox who have been stepping up and doing what they've been able to do. Jonathan Taylor, like Andrew said, is now second in the league in rushing yards at this point. I mean, Jonathan Taylor coming on strong at a very important time when this Colts are these Colts are trying to find an identity again, and they have found their identity again. It was always run the damn ball, right? Well, now Jonathan Taylor has been able to deliver on that. The offensive line has been blocking very well, very pretty efficient in the run blocking department. The pass blocking is a little bit different of a story. We'll see how that develops as the year goes on, but even then. Jonathan Taylor stepping up big. Michael Pittman being the the number one. I mean, I had to wear the Colts hat with Michael Pittman's signature on it. So, I mean, it only made, it only felt right. So, big ups to Michael Pittman. But yeah, Michael Pittman, you know, being the guy, you know, taking over while TY Hilton is not on the field and he has delivered and that's the other great thing too. I think Cody and I mentioned it several times both in the post-game stream that we did last night and over Twitter several times over the last 24 hours is that Carson Wentz has not been afraid to throw the ball to Michael Pittman. I mean, that was one thing we were missing from Phillip Rivers is Phillip Rivers didn't like to throw a lot of jump balls to Michael Pittman or to anyone else, really, except if it was Zach Pascal or Molly Cox in the red zone. But outside of that, Carson just lets it fly, and he just lets his guys go and make the play. And so far, it's been working for him, and hopefully it stays that way. I'm super impressed with what the offense has been able to do and has finally seemed to have found their identity a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm with both of you. I am also super, super impressed with how the Colts' offense has looked over the course of the last three weeks. And I think uh, what also should be noted is, is the play, like you said, Derek, of Carson Wentz. He is putting the team to a degree on his back. They are winning because of Carson Wentz, not in spite of him. Um, yes. And the biggest difference in last night's game was not just the Colts' defense. It was the fact that Carson Wentz made the plays that Jimmy Garoppolo could not make. That's what it mm -hmm. boiled down to. Key third downs. I mean, deep shots to Michael Pittman to – to seal the game. I mean, that's that's the aggressiveness that we hadn't seen from this offense uh, and or from Frank Wright, for that matter, over the last couple of weeks. It was something that I think Colts fans have really been hoping for. Um, you know, you look back at that game in Baltimore and, and you think, you know, on that third down, instead of kicking the field goal, which ultimately ended up being blocked, what if you go for the, the kill, if you will? You go for the shot to ice the game. 
that changes things entirely. And, and Frank Reich even said in a quote to his team, I believe it was Kevin Bowen who, who reported on this, who put this out. Um, he had said that Frank Reich said during last night's uh, post-game presser that he had went to his team and he said, I'll never do that again. I'll never make that decision again. So that's the aggressiveness, guys, that we didn't see from this offense over the last two to three weeks. I mean, you go back to that Baltimore game and the decision to to play for the field goal and, and you know, the old cliche, playing not to lose kind of thing. And that's ultimately, to a degree, what came back to hurt the Colts because we obviously know that the, the ensuing field goal was eventually blocked. Um, and we know what happened from there. I won't go over the rest of that. Um, but it's it's – I'll be honest. I, I thought Carson Wentz would play similarly to that of Phillip Rivers from last year, you know, fairly well. He you know maybe would struggle a little bit to start off and then really find his footing sort of in the back half of the season like we saw from Phillip Rivers. And I'm glad I've been wrong. And now this is the interesting question. The Colts currently sit at three and four. They have the Titans next week, followed by the Jets, followed by the Jaguars. And if they play as well as they have been, there's a chance they could be six and four in the next three weeks and in the driver's seat potentially for the lead in the AFC South. Now, Tennessee obviously has shown absolutely no signs of slowing down. So the Colts aren't getting any favors from their division rival, but um, they're, they're going to have to continue to play well uh, moving forward. And, and I guess the other conversation that maybe needs to be had is, is the way that Carson Wentz is currently playing. If he continues trending in that direction, which I believe he's going to, is he worth that first round pick? You know, that's, you know, uh, depending on what the record is and, and whether or not he plays, I think it's 70% of the snaps. And if the Colts make the playoffs, there's so much that more that goes into that. Um, but but that's, I think, something that's, you know, worth worth discussing as well. Um, but in terms of the overall play of Wentz and just how efficient, and, and like you said, Derek, to, to use the same terminology you used, confident. He is so much more confident than what he was last year. I mean, Dan Orlovsky, who is as big of a Carson Wentz supporter, I think, as you'll find on Twitter, um, put out film on the one play, um, on, on a one play, I should say, of Carson Wentz's last night on a key third down where he just goes through his progressions and he reads the defense and he looks like he's going to throw the ball in the middle of the field. I think it's to Zach Pascoe, but Fred Warner is sitting on the route. So he sets his feet, regains control of the ball, and then throws it to Michael Pittman he goes through his third and fourth progression. Those are things that you just didn't see from Wentz. He was more sporadic. He was more all over the place last year. That's not him this year, and it is in part because of Frank Reich and the confidence that he has shown in Wentz, and it's in part because of, like you said, Derek and Cody, the big-time throws that we've seen from Wentz. He is playing at an extremely high level, and from a pure statistical standpoint, he is one of the five, maybe even ten best quarterbacks in football, and that's not an overstatement. He is just been exceptional, especially over the last four games. So major, major credit to Carson Wentz. Colts football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Colts tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket services charge, and this allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices, the same seats on another ticket site, 
TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I know I'm still excited around all the different games that the Indianapolis Colts are going to have this season. I'm excited for some more home games. I'm going to hopefully get to be able to go to a couple home games this year and on the road. And whatever you're doing, TickPick's got you covered there. And if you're looking forward to attending this season as well, whatever game it is, I just recommend TickPick. I think they do a really good job of being able to provide tickets because we all know the hassle of trying to find tickets. So if you are interested, visit TickPick.com slash juice today to save $10 on your first order of Indianapolis Colts tickets. Yeah, you mentioned the last four games over 100 quarterback rating. Um, five of the seven games he's played, he's had over 100 quarterback rating. So that tells you how great Carson Wentz has been playing, especially these last four weeks, even in a nasty game last night where, you know, they shouldn't be able to throw the ball at all. And the fact that the Colts were able to throw the ball as efficiently as they were, Carson Wentz, you know, it wasn't like eye-popping. He did have a few big, you know, pass interference calls. You do wonder if the defender doesn't grab Michael Pittman, if doesn't grab a couple other wide receivers, does he have over 200 yards again, you know? But, yeah, Carson Wentz on the day looked really, really good, guys. He looked really good. He was 17-26, to 26, 150 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Now they ruled an interception back to be a fumble. Yeah. Obviously, that play was you know not great for Carson Wentz. But, guys, I wanted to have this conversation and talk about this. The last point we'll have on Carson Wentz here, he just offers your offense so much more. Derek, I know you tweeted about it yesterday. You know, we've talked about it, Andrew, to death. But Carson Wentz, compared to even Phillip Rivers last year, completely changes your offense. I mean, I think of that second down and 15, right? The Colts get a holding penalty. You're like, oh, crap, here we go again. Carson Wentz decides to take it himself and get a first down. Those are things Phillip Rivers just what wouldn't have even thought about last year. But that just adds a whole new dimension to this Colts offense. What are your thoughts on that, Andrew? Oh, it's, I, I agree with you 100%. It, just like you said, there are times where Carson Wentz makes a play that Phillip Rivers can only dream of making, and that's no shot at Phillip Rivers. I mean, some people say he's potentially a Hall of Fame quarterback. But th- the third down and nine, the Colts are down 9 nothing. Their backs are against the wall, okay? They, I mean, Taylor fumbled the ball during the previous possession. The 49ers made it look easy, just ran right through the Colts' defense, scored on the opening possession, and you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. You know, this is a key third down, and he steps up uh, and makes just a huge throw to Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, just drops it in the bucket. I mean, that's you you couldn't have placed that ball any better. And Michael Pittman smartly draws the pass interference. But even if he doesn't, I think Pittman had enough steps on the defender to be able to make that play, and it was because of how well the football was thrown from number two. So – um, all credit to him in regards to that. And like you said, Cody, he opens up this Colts playbook so much more. This 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 is a kind of offense the Colts have not seen since Andrew Luck. I mean, that's just let's just call it what it is. I mean, it's yep. this is the offense was good last year. It was efficient last year. Phillip Rivers was exceptional at the line of scrimmage. They were top 10 in a major offensive categories last season, where they didn't have at the same type of success as what we've seen this year from the Colts offense is, you know, jump balls, the big chunk plays down the field. Those were almost non-existent. Um, and, and honestly, when you look back at some of the games last year, it kind of cost them, um, you know, with, and, you know, it just 
again, major, major credit to, to Carson Wentz and major credit to this coaching staff. And, and, you know, I'll go back to, you know, what you said earlier, Derek, about the adversity that he's faced, you know, had a foot issue in training camp, missed all of training camp, had an issue with his ankles, two sprained ankles, not one, two, both of them sprained, was dealing with all sorts of pain through weeks two and three. And since then, he has been lights out. He has been exceptional. And I think the Colts' record and their overall play, even though it's been fairly solid, has kind of masked Carson Wentz's play. That's kind of the, the that his play has kind of been hidden in that shadow of you, if you will, of their record and of their overall play as a team. But let's not discredit how exceptional he's been over the last four games because he's been nothing but that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz over the last four weeks, in my personal opinion, has been a top five quarterback in this league. Uh, I mean, just what you saw last night, again, like you said, Andrew, is just something that Philip Rivers could only hope to have been able to do in his career because, you know, we, we saw Philip Rivers run the RPOs, right? But nobody ever bit on those because when was Philip Rivers ever going to hold on to it and run, right? RPO is always the thing where it's always a lot more effective if you have a quarterback that can hold on to the football because ultimately you can it, you can do three things with it. You can give it to the running back, you can keep it yourself, or you can hit a, a route that usually is designed for a quick getaway if, not, if neither of those first two options work. And what you saw yesterday from Carson, that second and 15 to get 17 yards when you absolutely needed it because San Francisco just scored the previous drive. You're only up by two points. You really need that that uh, score. And to get that 17 yards, to do that, and then on the touchdown run that he had before halftime, you know, faked out the camera guy. The camera guy wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, and, I mean the, and the San Francisco defense – for that split second, didn't realize it either. And it was just enough for Carson Wentz to take advantage of it. And then a couple other times he moved up, didn't lose the football and, you know, was able to, and then you're using the play action with him. Now he's, he's really effective in play action and those RPOs, some of the throws he was making out of those RPOs were really, really good. Cause those defenses were really faked out on those handoffs that he was giving to Jonathan Taylor. So again, just what you're now doing with this Colts offense, just with that ability now, and teams are going to see this game. They're going to be, oh, well, he actually took off in the 49ers game and he's actually showing mobility. Oh, shoot. Now we got to, now we have to know that. And that makes it even better for a guy like Jonathan Taylor going forward because now you have that defensive end that might hold back. You know, it's great to see what Carson Wentz was able to do yesterday, and it's only been getting better over the last five weeks. Absolutely. And you mentioned uh, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he had his sixth career game over 100 yards. To put that in perspective, guys, that's one more than Dominic Rose had in his entire career as a Colt, one of the you know all-time Colts legends. You know, it wasn't necessarily, like, incredible at running back, but, like, people look at Dominic Rhodes and they they think, man – this dude was like next level running back, right? And mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor already, year number two, six career rushing. Do you remember, guys, when, and I'm, I'm sorry to bring this back, but, you know, when Andrew Luck was quarterback, how long it took the Colts to have an 100 yard rusher? Like, it's crazy. Oh, how many games was six, it? Six of them. Was it like, wasn't it like, wasn't it like almost like 50 games or something? Like something yeah. abysmally bad or something? 
It was too many. I, yeah, too many. Yeah, too, too many. many. Yeah. Well, right. good to say that we don't have to worry about that anymore. Jonathan Taylor, another 100-yard game. Back-to-back games, 100 yards this season. 107 on the day. Derek, you pointed this out. It was kind of funny. Um, both running backs in this game had the same amount of touches and the same amount of yards, which is so bizarre. Jonathan Taylor, 18 rushes for 107. Guess what? Elijah Mitchell had the exact same for the 49ers. So, it was just weird, man. Just only really difference weird. is Elijah Mitchell's came in the first quarter. I mean, he had eighty. He had pretty much seventy of those hundred and seven in the first two drives of the game, and the thirty-seven came through the rest of it. Jonathan Taylor's mainly came from late in the second until the rest of the game. So, you know, the way that that offense was able to spread that out. I mean, sure, the numbers were not great when you're looking at it from a Colts defensive standpoint on Elijah Mitchell, but considering the fact he got 80% of his yards from the first two drives, I mean, you know, it showed the defense made adjustments and they did a much better job later on. Yeah, for sure. And that fourth quarter, uh, Jonathan Taylor was in the ball game. We're all like, "Uh uh-oh, what's wrong with Jonathan Taylor? Now, he did speak to that. You know, they said it was they held him out because he thought he felt something. Turns out it's probably going to be minor. Obviously still worth monitoring. We've said that. The Colts have said that before, and then it's turned into something a little bit more. So, But, Andrew, I think you pointed out something. I'll let you speak on this. Probably a good idea to keep him out rather than risk potentially a worse injury last night. Oh, for certain. I mean, and you, when you have two quality backups in both Naeem Hines and Marvin Mack, and that offensive line is just paving ways, you know, the holes that I could run through. And I've never played down in football in my life. Let's just throw <laughs> that out there. Um, it, yeah, that's that was a smart decision by the Colts. I mean, yeah, like you said, chances are it's probably minor. But if he comes back out and he re-aggravates um, – I shouldn't say re-aggravates, pardon me. If he comes out and he, he further – uh, has further issues or further complications with what he thought was a minor issue. Now you're potentially looking at a, at a you know a much larger problem down the road. Yeah, I mean it's smart by the Colts coaching staff to keep him out for a majority of that fourth quarter, regardless of how exceptional he was. Um, the Colts, especially after that interception by Xavier Rhodes, kind of really had the game in the bag um, at, at that point. Um, or at least that's you know ended what ended up happening anyways. And speaking of which. Can we give credit to the Colts' defense, you know, just briefly? Derek, I know you mentioned it. Their their defense, the first drive gave up – I mean, it looked way too easy for the 49ers. And, I, you know, I'm sitting at home, you know, with my dad and other family members, and we're watching the game and thinking, here we go again. You know, it's – Yeah, here we go. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. The the Colts are, are, you know, their defense can't stop a nosebleed. You know, it's it's a – old old cliche but it was the truth and and really defensive adjustments you know for a while there the you know the Colts only had a three-point lead and a five-point lead and you're thinking is this going to be Baltimore all over again are they not going to come up with a stop that was one of the things that came to mind are they not going to come up with a stop because the 49ers were, were down and they had just driven it down the field in three plays three all that's all it took them, and they were right back in the game. And you're thinking, now you put more pressure on the offense, and you're thinking, is that 49er defensive line? Are they finally going to get enough pressure? You know, they've got Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, D4, you know, first and second round picks invested into their defensive front. Is somebody on that side going to make a play and change the game for the 49ers? Excuse me. Luckily for them, uh, Carson Wentz had other plans, and Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman said 
that's, that's not happening this time around. We're going to put the team on our back and we're going to make it happen. Um, defensively, though, as much uh, blame, I think, that Matt Eberflus has gotten, and rightfully so, over the course of the last couple of weeks in terms of the Colts' defensive play and, and their lack of uh, consistency, they were, for the most part, through the second and fourth quarter, as Derek mentioned, exceptional. They were. They played very, very, very well, other than a couple of just really boneheaded plays, like the three-play drive they gave up that I just mentioned. They they were they were locked down. They didn't give up a huge uh, amount of rushing yards, as Derek said. A majority of Mitchell's rushing yards came in that first quarter. Um, I believe they held him to 27 total yards, Mitchell, um, to, to 27 total yards through quarters two and four. Uh, pass defense was exceptional. Xavier Rhodes arguably made the play of the game with that interception, which almost was a pick six had he not just barely stepped out of bounds. It's, you know, <laughs> it's it's something the Colts haven't had, you, you know. And the one thing I will say that's really stuck out, for as much as the Colts have struggled defensively through the course of the first seven weeks, where they've made up for their struggles is in the turnover department. And that can win you football games in yes. and of itself. That alone can win you football games, and and it and it has. It's won them. It's won them two of their three games, I think. And you know, it could potentially have won them four um, had they stepped up a little bit more in that Baltimore game. And who knows what it can mean for them through the next three games? I mean, you have the the Tennessee Titans, who obviously aren't slowing down. Then you have the Jets, and by the way, it's been reported that Zach Wilson is going to be out for the next four weeks. And now you have the guy from the nearest Pizza Hut playing quarterback for the New York Jets. And that's <laughs> not exactly going to bode well for for New York, and they're yeah. already they've already got tons of trouble. And then the Jaguars, you know, they're they're hit or miss. They've got all kinds of issues uh, down in the Duval County. So. Um, yeah, defensively, credit to the Colts, man. I mean, they they played fairly well. And, and, you know, how fitting for DeForest Buckner to get that sack on the final play of the game. It was only right. It was only right that he came up and did yeah. this, you know, uh, whatever dance that was. When he, yeah, when he sacks the quarterback, there it is, Derek. With, you know, <laughs> It was funny because yeah. he sacked him and everyone was saying, like, was he hurt because he was kind of doing this? And then, like, and then he started doing his motion. I don't think he got hurt. I think it was just the fact that he leaned over and then started doing his celebration. I don't think that there was anything wrong there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. The, the defense for the Colts, I mean, you know, for everything we give them crap for, uh, for three quarters of this game, they were, they were very good. Uh, and, you know, one name that you didn't mention, and I think was the defensive player of the game. And that was Darius Leonard. Uh, obviously, Xavier Rhodes might have had the most clutch uh, turnover of the game, no question about it. But Darius Leonard, again, just perfecting the football punch. I mean, just it, how incredible this guy is to just be so damn accurate at just hitting that ball the way he does. It's incredible. This guy is in his fourth season in the NFL and has uh, contributed to 21 turnovers. 21 in four years, and uh, not even four years. And on top of that, getting 15 sacks and leading the league in tackles his first year. And right now, Darius Leonard is doing this on a bad ankle. I mean, he's still not 100% with that ankle injury He uh, from the surgery that he had in the offseason. Still says that, uh, that chamber that he's in uh, every single week to help uh, make sure his 
ankle starts healing up, says it's getting better each week. It's still not there. He's not even 100%, and he has forced nine turnovers this year. Nine. I mean, that that is incredible what this guy is doing. He is in the defensive player of the year category right now just on turnovers alone. And, you know, if the Colts keep winning, then that, that might actually start doing something. And I think Darius Leonard has been the exact same thing for the defense as Carson Wentz has been for the offense. While we've trashed the defense quite often this season, the one of the few bright spots that has consistently shined all through the season so far has been Darius Leonard, and he continues to do it. And I hope that, I mean, I hope that if this is what we're seeing from him at 80 to 85%, I can only imagine what we're going to see when he finally gets 100%. I mean, I imagine the tackle numbers will go up a little more, and I expect to continue to see turnovers. But, yeah, I mean, for a defense that's had a lot of guys hurt and a lot of issues and a lot of things going wrong, Darius Leonard, for the I think he has forced a turnover everyone's been talking about Carson Wentz these last four games. Darius Leonard's forced at least one turnover every game the last four day, last four games. So, you know, Darius Leonard doing the same thing Carson Wentz is doing just on the other side. So got to give major credit to Darius Leonard and what he's been able to do. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. I just want to give a quick shout-out to Xavier Rhodes. You mentioned him. I mean, he got injured in the pregame. You're like, oh, boy, here we go. Not a great start. But he – and they even said he was very close to not playing. But he gutted it out. He played – had probably the biggest play all season for him. And it came at no better time than to seal that game for the Colts. You know, I thought he looked you know, pretty good considering how hobbled he was. You mentioned Darius Leonard. How about Quiddy Pay as well, getting – recovering the fumble, being in on that play – uh, Al-Kadim Muhammad strip sack of Jimmy G. I thought they looked really good. The defensive line started to get a little bit more pressure. Now it was against no Trent Williams, obviously. Mike McGlinchey, who's been struggling in, in pass protection. But, yeah, guys, I mean, through seven games, the Colts defense right now is tied for the league lead in turnovers for 16 takeaways so far. Right wow. now they're on pace for 39. If you guys Darius remember, Leonard has half of those, by the way. Yeah. Well, if you remember, though, the unit's goal was 40 turnovers, right? The Colts are right there on the door of potentially getting 40 turnovers. No team's ever done that, guys, in a decade. You know, you think teams that have done that are like some of the teams in the last decade we think of like some of the best defenses in the last 10, 20 years. So you think the Legion of Boom, you think that Carolina defense in 2015, like those types of things, that's you know, say all you want about the defense. The defense hasn't been great this year, but where it's shined consistently, like you talked about with Darius Leonard, is forcing turnovers. They are fantastic. Right now the Colts are plus nine in their turnover margin. You wonder if they didn't turn it over a couple times last night. They could be plus ten or more. You know, this this team has consistently played complimentary football when it comes to not turning the ball over and forcing turnovers. I mean so I think we got to give credit where it's due, man. This defense got a couple turnovers where needed. 
You know, the offense didn't really help them out some situation. You mentioned that Jonathan Taylor fumble. Credit the defense. They only forced San Francisco to go for three there. They didn't allow them another touchdown. So they kind of stopped the nose bleeding there. And then obviously Carson Wentz, you know, did the rest there. So, I, yeah, big shout out to the defense. They had a couple moments where I'm just like, well, how do you let that happen? That was way too easy. And they have other moments where you're like, okay, now we're starting to get our mojo back a little bit. So a great job by the defense in this game overall. Let's also talk about this offensive line. I think we need to give this offensive line the credit it's deserved. A unit that the last couple of weeks has really gelled together, guys, very well. And one guy in particular I really want to point to, we've talked about him a lot recently, Chris Reed, right guard. He played more snaps, over 20 more snaps than Mark Glowinski last night. So moving forward, guys, it looks like Eric Fisher, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Chris Reed, and Matt Pryor, obviously depending when Braden Smith comes back, Andrew, what is your thoughts on this Colts offensive line now the last couple weeks and last night? They, I mean, they're as cliche as it is, they're the glue that holds this offense together. And credit to them, you know, not just last night, Cody and Derek, but over the course of the last three to four weeks, no Quentin Nelson. Uh, Eric Fisher is having his struggles. No Brain Smith hasn't played since week two. Mark Lewinsky has had his struggles, but when it's Push has come to shove, if you will, when they've really needed a big play, a big push from this offensive line. They've gotten it. And and to be able to make the kind of plays that they've made over the course of the last three to four weeks is, you know, honestly, I can't think kind of been the expectation. I mean, we we've credited this Colts offensive line in the past as being one of the better units in both the run department and pass blocking department. And they've shown that over the course of the last couple of weeks. And then additionally, let's also give a little bit of credit to Chris Ballard because last year we know the Colts, you know, had some issues along the offensive line injury wise. And when they were going to their backups, Colts fans were holding their breath, you know, especially with Phillip Rivers not being able to move. I mean, if any defensive end or defensive lineman got pressure on Phillip Rivers, he was pretty much as good as, as sacked at that point. Um, and one of the biggest keys to this Colts offense or offseason rather was can they address the offensive depth, offensive line depth, pardon me. And they went out, Chris Ballard and company went out and got Chris Reed, a veteran who started 14 plus games for the Panthers last season. They went out and traded for Matt Pryor, who's kind of been a hidden gem at backup right tackle. You know, that's been like many positions uh, on, on the Colts uh, throughout the Colts roster over the last couple of seasons. I shouldn't say many, but a few kind of been a revolving door, uh, you know, where you don't really know who is the next man up. And I'll put it this way. Anyone's better than Julian Davenport. I, I mean, you know, ever since they, <laughs> ever since they benched him, I mean, look how much better the Colts offensive line has been playing. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm sorry. That's not an indictment on Julian Davenport. He just isn't very good at football. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> There's a reason he hasn't been playing. Um, but yeah, major kudos to, to Matt Pryor and Mark Lewinsky and, and Ryan Kelly and Chris Reed, like you said, uh, Cody, and Eric Fisher, who has battled through his own issues and I think isn't really 100% coming off that Achilles injury. He's played fairly well, specifically in the run blocking department. So, again, this Colts offensive line, are they as dominant as we saw maybe in 2018? No, but are they finally starting to find their rhythm? Yes, and that's a scary sight for the rest of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line's been doing much, a much better job. Uh, still not, you know, at that elite level right now that we are accustomed to seeing over the last few years, but 
it has improved. And I mean, that's helped Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz, I'm sure will say, would say that, you know, compared to the first couple weeks, uh, this offensive line has been doing a much better job. And you're right. It all started with benching Julian Davenport and putting Matt Pryor in at right tackle. And Matt Pryor, I think actually Matt Pryor this season has been the best pass blocking linemen that the Colts have had statistically when, uh, according to PFF, uh, I'm sure some people might disagree with that, but for my sake, I mean, Matt Pryor's pass blocking has been quite efficient over the last few weeks. And, you know, Chris Reed stepping in for Quentin Nelson, just been phenomenal. And I think after what we just saw this week, uh, it would not surprise me if Chris Reed is the full-time right guard for Indianapolis, uh, for the rest of the season, to be honest with you. I mean, what I saw from him, having him and Quentin Nelson out on the field at the guard spots, that that's a match made in heaven right now. And I think they need to continue to use that. The offensive line certainly uh, did its job yesterday. Wentz only got sacked once, and he did get pressured quite a couple times. Uh, that's We kind of figured that was going to happen with the defensive line that the 49ers do have. But overall for Wentz to only get sacked one time, you know, that's, that's very good. And again, that goes back to the mobility thing with Wentz, you know, being that big mobile quarterback that he is much harder for some defensive linemen to bring him down or some corners that are coming off the edge. You know, it's much harder to bring a guy like him down versus a Phillip rivers. So that helps the sack numbers a little bit there too. So, yeah, I mean, offensive line's been great. Yeah, Chris Reed, man, he is a mauler in the run game. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you guys saw that one play where he just he just took out Fred Warner, man. <laughs> he took him completely <laughs> out of the play. He was double teaming, I think, with – I think it was – I think it was Matt Pryor. He was double teaming, and then he just went off of it and just completely took him out of the play. So, credit to him, man. He has been fantastic. Matt Pryor has been fantastic. And – Andrew, you talked about how the Colts just really lacked depth last year. It's crazy to think about it, but, like, these guys have played so well, Chris Reed and Matt Pryor, you almost don't want to, like, bench them. You want to find a spot for them. They've been playing so well, man. Yeah. And that, that's something I never thought I would say about backup offensive linemen for the Colts, like, especially after last year and what we saw in the preseason and training camp. So, yeah, credit to Chris Ballard, man. You know, it's funny. For whatever reason – when we trade with Philadelphia, it ended up working out pretty well for us. So I think we need to continue to to continue to give calls to Howie and say, hey, man, give us some more players so we can uh, continue to use them the ways that you weren't able to and so they can actually thrive here in Indianapolis. I don't know, man. But, yeah, man. Um, also wanted to give a special shout-out to Michael Badgley, man. Yeah. Huge pick there um, in the rain, in that monsoon. And, you know, it was interesting, Andrew, you talked about a little while ago, how the Colts were kind of in a similar position in that second half to that Baltimore game, right? And you were kind of like, oh boy, here we go again. It's just going to happen again. And it all started with Badgley making that kick. I think it kept the momentum on the Colts' side. They could continue to do what they did. They didn't give a momentum swing all of a sudden to the 49ers. And I just got to credit him, man. He has been very good um, in relief of Rodrigo Blankenship to the point now where I'm like, why would we make a change? I, I love Hot Rod, right? But Michael Badgley has been that good so far. Oh, yeah, he absolutely has been. And, and another thing I'd like to point out is his struggles in pregame. I think he missed seven kicks in pregame, six or seven. 
did badly. So, I mean, that's, you know, certainly telling for him to be able to, to kind of not necessarily bounce back, but to play as well as he did in last night's rainstorm. And, you know, both offenses seemed to struggle a little bit early. Running games weren't really going, uh, you know, until maybe the second half, unless, you know, obviously you count that first drive by the 49ers. But Badgley, like you said, Cody, he made some really, really clutch kicks. That kick to put the Colts up by five prior to the, I believe it was the interception on the ensuing drive by Xavier Rhodes, that was a huge turning point in the game because if you miss that, you know, then you get the 49ers good field position and you're potentially talking about a completely different ball game from that point. Uh, so, again, I'll just kind of piggyback off of what you said. Major credit to Michael Badgley, not just last not last night, uh, but the following – or the uh, – uh, Sorry, the, the game prior to that as well. Um, he's played really, really well, again, in wake of, of uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, I mean, Pat McAfee kind of talked about it, and he's talked about it quite often that, you know, it's really not that simple for a kicker to just come in and be like, hey, we need you to kick uh, the field goals. Like, you know, it, it's usually not that simple. You know, I mean, the timing of how you deal with these things is a lot of times uh, a problem because, you know, not everyone is exactly the same and how you approach it. So it does take time to get used to how you, how you approach it, how they approach it, all this. But yeah, I mean, Badgley came in and so far has missed nothing. And he has just been a, a great piece to have. It's given me a, a much more confidence to, you know, see him come out and I'm thinking, okay, I have confidence he's going to make this one. And, and I'm, I'm glad for that because yesterday, terrible, terrible conditions. It's one of the worst conditions you can have to kick a field goal in. And both kickers yesterday... I mean, kicking 50-plus yard field goals in that weather yesterday. So both did really great jobs, uh, and it was great. Like you said, Andrew, I mean, he misses that kick. I mean, this game might have had a different outcome. I mean, let's be honest here. They they might have – something might have gone wrong for Indianapolis had Badgley not made that kick, but kept the momentum in their favor. San Francisco got a quick score, and while it wasn't a touchdown, Colts did respond with points. And that is a very important thing because that was something we didn't do two weeks ago against the Ravens, and it cost us. Now we were able to do it in this one, and ultimately it made all the difference in the world. Yeah, lost in the shuffle also. Wanted to give a shout-out to Rigoberto Sanchez. He recorded a new franchise record punt. 79 yards, guys, last night. <laughs> yeah, wow. because of, yeah, because of the uh, – yeah, because of Ayuk. Yeah, he has uh, – Ayuk to thank for that one. Yep, but he still did it. You know, he's 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 worth it, man. So he's been such a great punter for the Colts so far. I, Please, I love NFL, fix your freaking rule book. Please fix your rule book. That is the absolute worst rule in the world that you could have possibly made that happen. That and the awful. fact that the ref knew that right away too is sad. Honestly, I, I how do you, how do you how do you approach that and immediately say no? That's a touchback. Like. Like, did you practice knowing that rule ahead of time? Like, me, if I was an official, like, I would probably not even know that was the rule. Like, I would immediately would have thought it was a safety and then would have went to the other guys and said, no, nah, it's a touchback. No, they immediately said that thing was a touchback. I, I don't I don't know how, why or how that's a rule, but that needs to be fixed. There is no way a guy should be able to kick 
the ball 20 yards into the end zone, recover it, and then have that be a touchback. I think people are now just going to start doing that now. I think I think you might see putt, uh, return guys just kick it into the end zone and hey, I mean I'll return I'll recover it in the end zone now because you know it's a touchback technically. So I mean they did it in the 49ers game, so that's a broken rule. That's such a broken rule. No, yeah, that and taunting. I mean it's it's you know flip a coin because they're both just as equally as bad. Uh, <laughs> but you know, luckily for the Colts, they played well enough to. Not let that one interesting call, we'll put it that way, yeah. um, go against them. So, so credit to them. Uh, really, just an all-around solid performance from from the Colts. I mean, and, and they got the win because of it. So, credit to them. They played really well. Absolutely, yeah. And the Colts will certainly need to be on their toes and have their A game this next week as they play the Tennessee Titans, the division-leading Titans. Right now, they're very hot right now. Both these teams are on winning streaks right now. And the Colts look to potentially get back T.Y. Hilton this week. Frank Reich said he's very optimistic that he's going to play. And also getting back Braden Smith potentially. He practiced for the first time this past Friday, was ruled out of this past game. But no excuse for him to not play. No right, excuse. He may have a chance to play this week. So it would be great to finally get this offensive line for the first time this season, fully all of their starters playing. It's crazy to say that, but that, that's just kind of been the nature of this year with these injuries. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one, guys. I mean, this is probably the most pivotal game so far. We say that a lot, but honestly, when it comes to the AFC South, this is a huge one. The Colts have to get this one if they want a chance at the AFC South. So it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support. What are your guys' thoughts on this game? What are the things you like, the things you didn't like? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Derek, for helping me out on this recap. Good to see the Colts now finally getting on the right side of things a little bit after kind of a rough start of the season, let's be honest. But it's good to see them win three out of four. Hopefully they can make it four out of five this next week. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.